What's up, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Active Recall. I am your co-host, Walter, with... Francis. And this is episode 38. Guys and girls, thank you so much for checking us out today. Uh, If you guys could spare 30 seconds of your time, please like and subscribe. Wait a second. (laughs) Please. That's Uh, that's YouTube. Sorry. Uh, Give us a review on iTunes or any any of your other podcast apps. We would sincerely appreciate it. Anyway, Sess, what do we got going on right now? All right, we're we're trying something different. We're not going to talk about our weeks until the end, um, but it was a normal week, so that's not a great tease. Anyway, we're gonna, this week we're going to do uh, excerpts. We're going to talk about uh, something from Three Hundred, something from um, the book, uh, the, a guide to the good life. Not in this order. Let me let me skip forward. Um, something from. A lesson from Jalen and Jacoby, and then a lesson from Short Story Long with the guest Mo Shalitzi or Shalizi. Um, right. All right. So, like, yeah, let's get started with it. You got it. All right. So, uh, we had the whole. It's a basically a week's worth of podcast, YouTube, Netflix, or blog blog post recommendations. By the way, Seth, I did see uh, Ugly Delicious. Very. Very, like, satisfying to watch. <laughs> I really enjoyed it. But anyways, um, I watched 300 over the week, probably twice, to be honest, just because I was a very huge fan of uh, Zack Snyder at the time, probably when I was 24 or 25. And anyways, 300, it's the, the Spartan, you know, they had all these ridiculous quotes. But there was one that caught my attention, and I had to look it up. And it was when Leonidas was consulting uh, about leaving them alone, leaving Sparta alone, because the Persians were taking over the whole place. Xerxes is the the guy, but he considers himself a god, and he was very upset with Leonidas, and this is what he said. <laughs> Quote, There will be no glory in your sacrifice. I will erase even the memory of Sparta from the histories. Every piece of Greek parchment shall be burned. Every Greek historian and every scribe shall have their eyes pulled out and their tongues cut from their mouths. Why, uttering the very name of Sparta or Leonidas will be punishable by death. The world will never know you existed at all. And the takeaway is your legacy. It's it's what you do with it that scares others or what it's who makes uh it's it's who uh how can I say this Seth? um it's it's what you do with it. It's what you can do with your life. Um, and for for example, Leonidas had this uh, this uh, this all powerful country, of course, it's Sparta, and he was threatening uh, the Persians. Persians, of course, were very upset. They they fight it. They fight it out. But it's all taking it back to the legacy. Your legacy. What do you want to do with your life? How can you, which, what can you do to, uh, help others? It's, this is probably one of the things that I enjoyed out of it. So, Seth, uh, what about you? What do you think about this? <laughs> oh, about this, uh, thing about, like, I think it's, um, uh, I forget what book it was, but I was just talking about, like, the different things that you want in your life, and yeah. legacy does become this kind of a final piece where you're thinking about, 
uh, not what you're going to do in this life, but uh, what you'll leave behind. I I was going <laughs> to kind of joke about you watching uh, 300 for... It's okay, no, but then I remember this weekend I watched Troy. Um, there's also... Um, also, you know, around... <laughs> I'd say the same time period, but I'm sure they're like hundreds of years apart. Anyway... <laughs> He talks about his legacy, you know, Achilles, and how this, you know, the, the kid goes up to him and says, um, are you sure you want to go fight this guy? He's the largest man I've ever seen in my life. I wouldn't want to fight him. And uh, Achilles says to, like, this probably nine-year-old boy, that's why no one will remember your name. So, um, <laughs> I, I think, it, yeah, it, it is a thing of... Um, Legacy can be a good thing to think about, but if you think if your goal becomes to um, be remembered five hundred years from now, and you're constantly unhappy that you're not doing stuff that's going to be remembered five hundred years from now, then that can be like the downside to like focusing on your legacy. But if you're thinking. I want to leave something for my kids. Um, you know, our parents put us in like a good place. Right. That's where I'm. Yeah. Then to that degree, I think it could be good to think about your legacy. Right. So it's funny, but like those, those two movies were, they kind of made the characters pretty egotistical, (laughs) but, but yeah, that's the thing is that, um, the way I feel like the way legacy works is just, as long as you could help others, or the way our parents helped us, they already they already gave us they already have a legacy that that they are good parents, right. <laughs> and they were of course it, it's I feel like that's the same way for it's like if we have kids or if we help others with anything else. So yeah, that's that's my little excerpt of three hundred of Xerxes talking to Leonidas. <laughs> yeah, I, I think there's another thing where. Um, <laughs> Your legacy is, it, it can be hard to, or like, maybe not a good idea to focus so much on your legacy because sometimes, you you know, the story is not done and there's always more to it. Like, that could be good or bad. Um, it's like 300 was pretty well received, I think, by like, I, I think it was kind of like, I, I would guess maybe like high 60s or like 70s on Rotten Tomatoes, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. But, yeah, you know, right. I, I loved it when I watched it in theaters. It was mm-hmm. great. Um, and you're like, okay, so maybe that's going to be the biggest movie that, like, Zack Snyder makes. But now he's known for, in a lot of cases, like, ruining the DC universe, <laughs> yeah. right? Or, yeah. Um, but, you know, he, he has loyal... Uh, there, there's people that defend the movies, too. And, you know, I, I'm pretty, like... I, I don't hold strong opinions either way uh, when it comes to movies and things like that. But uh, it's just an example of, like, Zack Snyder's legacy is not complete. What if he... You know, he, he still has a few movies to make, too. So Yeah, um, yeah. Um, that's a good. That's a good way of th- thinking that. I, I yeah, it's really sad that everyone thinks like less of him now. But maybe he's got something better coming up on his sleeve. All right, so that's, so next on yours, what do you have as a recommendation? 
next thing i put this <laughs> i was gonna put one excerpt uh we wrote these notes before and then once i started typing it out while listening to it, it turned into like four paragraphs so i won't read it <laughs> but um it's from jalen J- and jacoby uh espn i'm sure if you're listening to this you don't need to. anyway i will int- introduce it so it's a espn podcast radio show with um Jalen Rose, former NBA player, five, five mm-hmm. member, and then Dave Jacoby, uh, ESPN producer. But they do a Q&A on the podcast. It One of the questions that came in was just about uh, directed towards Jacoby, asking him what he could do or w- what this person could do to have a good career as a producer, what he can do to uh, work on his I just re- repeated myself. Uh, work on his career as a producer. Jacoby tells this story about his first job out of college. And then one of his first jobs was he was pretty much assigned to answer these phones for executives. And he was frustrated by it because he's thinking like, I'm talented and you know, I'm intelligent. I have a good work ethic and all I'm doing is answering phones. But um, one of his colleagues says that here's what you're going to have to do. And here, I'll, I'll pull this, like, this quote out. So this is a part yeah. that's actually, like, from... Uh, they said, if they've got you answering phones, here's what you do. You make sure your handwriting is perfect when you take the message. You make sure to get a number to call back. You find out what it's about. You make sure that ev- everyone that calls the phone loves you. That's the end of... Uh, oh, wait, no, it's not. <laughs> Continue. You take that job and you do the best job answering phones and it'll just grow from there. Then he, he goes on to talk... That's the end of the excerpt. Uh, he goes on to talk about hard work, work ethic. Like, everyone knows. Like, it's, it, anyone can put the hours in. You know, that's simple, right? Like, you put the hours in. It, not that it's easy, right? So It's definitely not. That, that's like, by definition, hard work is not easy, right? So, um, but just having this attitude that none of the work is below you. And he talks about another job... Um, where he saw at the end of the day, like this 20 hour day, he saw an executive helping to break down the set. Um, he says, taking down pipe and drape. I think this is some kind of TV phrase or something, some kind of like studio (laughs) phrase. Uh, but he says that she, the executive got on the ladder and was just pulling stuff down. Not, no work was below her, even though she was running, like she was the person running the show. Um, So just having that attitude. So my takeaway from that is whatever your job is, uh, put the best effort that you can. Um, And yeah, just getting back to like career, there's this, this thing where you'll read in books like, Oh, you need to say, you need to say no to certain things so that you have time to say yes. And uh, the point of that is like prioritizing and picking the things to do. But (laughs) I think that's something that you do later in your career. So to earn that right in a way, um, you kind of have to say yes to everything earlier on. Um, You have to try out these different things and then build like career capital. And once you start getting specific and you, um, you kind of, you have to, you have to kind of like earn that right. Um, In a way, you you know, if, if you're just, dabbling in a bunch of different things that's not going to get you anywhere either so um that's my takeaway 
Nice. I will have to say, though, there's this thing that the little things do matter, right? And that's what it looks like that the quote was coming from. And, of course, work is not below you. It's it's everywhere. But I, I have a question. It's I, I think I asked you and Jason this a while back, but it was the the act of, uh, or it's the work of repetition. And I, and it, this sounds very repetitive, just answering phones the whole time and mm-hmm. writing messages. It sounds way more repetitive than what I do as a, as a living. But um, I always feel like there's enough, rep, there's, there's got to be like a barrier or like a limitation for your repetition that will make you kind of go a little, a little upset. You you would probably get a little more upset, or kind of make your day, or make your job. You you would hate your job just a little more. I mean, I mean, with repetition, that's why I think I asked you guys if if your job is, was repetitive. And like, uh, it's I'm all I'm saying is that my job gets pretty repetitive, but I feel like doing the best. Like, I'll just use my job. The best install or like the best possible way, testing the alarm, making everything work, making sure. I think this is what makes this quote work is that I have to do the best damn install ever. <laughs> right. Yeah, it's like taking pride in what you do. Even I, Exactly. I, there's this phrase, um, how you do anything is how you do everything. Mm. This is something where just doing it right, even these small things, um, like a part of an install, a part of, um, yeah, just, just like following the process, even if it's repetitive, like that's how you get the reps in. <laughs> this reminds me of, there was this time in uh, college, I saw a friend, he was really good, at, he's like really good at basketball, saw him like practicing layups and then just, uh, you know, went up, talked to him and <laughs> he's like, this is what you got to do. Uh, and I tried to do it for a few minutes. I'm like, oh, this is so boring. I don't want to practice layups. And this is why I'm not good at basketball. And it just reminded <laughs> me, like, doing those small things, that's what will separate you from... And, you know, you, you do have to pick, like, what do you think is worth... Is it worth the time to do these things? Uh, is it just a hobby? If it's going to be, like, going towards your future career, then, um, then yeah, you, it... So You'll, yeah, I yeah. totally understand. Like the there's this thing, the reason why we have to make it such a perfect install is you don't want the customer coming back with a repair, whatever. But that's the problem is that people do take shortcuts. People do use uh, a shorter route to make the install faster and whatever. And it was it was that thing. I I think you were talking about it. It was about it was someone t- talking about how it was very upsetting to see a person with a cart from like, I don't know if it was Costco or some store and they leave the, the cart in front of their car or to the side, but they never bring it to the actual, um, (laughs) where all the carts are. That was (laughs) the, uh, uh, Joe DeFranco. Joe Rogan? No, no, no. Joe Joe DeFranco, industrial fitness. Yeah. Yeah. He says that's his uh, pet peeve. That's his pet peeve. And that's right. That's the thing is that no, there's a lot of people that do that and don't get me wrong. I used to do that, but I feel like it's, like just listening to that, I'm like, yeah, I don't want to take a shortcut and just leave that there. I that's the thing is that you could see the person's work ethic from <laughs> from a cart. <laughs> yeah, it, it's a uh, you you get a rep uh, doing something small correctly, mm-hmm. and eventually those there small, th- you know, it might not matter, right? Like you you might be 
you could tell yourself like, oh, I'm helping out the person doing the job, right? Like the whole, <laughs> whoever works at Whole Foods, whatever it is. But maybe they don't really care, you know, like they just think, oh, it's my job. I'm fine, like picking these up from the parking lot. But um, yeah, just knowing that you did, you followed your own principles, getting small practice, yeah, like a little bit of practice following your own principles every day. It builds it up. You have to get that repetition. Oh, yeah. Dude, totally agree. Uh, there's this thing here, though. It says here, also, to get to a point in your career when you say no to everything, you need to build a foundation where you say yes to everything. <laughs> and it says, I should put that in this. Yeah. Dude, why didn't Quote, you do that, man? That's me. a really good one. <laughs> I, I, I need to write that on the whiteboard. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Should, I'll, I'll look up. It's probably from somewhere else, but I think this is generally true. If you're starting out in... Um, in your career, yeah, You're, you want to say yes to everything first. Um, I think this a lot I of this totally comes from agree. like Derek Sivers. He talks about all the things he he was saying. He was just saying yes to everything um, because you know you can't. <laughs> it's again like not being above certain things until you like actually probably are. Where if you're the CEO of a business, um, there's just things that you've already delegated and if you find yourself having to do that like your time is super valuable and you should be using it for whatever thing only you can do right is the right business <laughs> advice <laughs> <laughs> not that you should take it from us um, so yeah I, I think that's a pretty good thing to think about is like once you start once you've said yes to everything then you know oh, yeah. you, that's how you build the idea of like what you get actually want to say no to is um by trying it first. Yeah, yeah exactly definitely agree that really that really resonates with my videography the whole idea of just saying yes to a bunch of stuff right and then start it, niching down kind of thing yeah it's like the third plate at a buffet the first one <laughs> you're gonna get, you're gonna eat everything the second one it's a, a few good things and then maybe put some dessert on it yeah, there you go. The third one, three more crab legs, something like that. <laughs> the king crab legs, yeah. All right, All I right. think <laughs> we'll move on. <laughs> okay. Um, next recommendation, this one's yours. Oh, right. So this one was from Short Story Long with, of course, it's drama. Um, but this was the most recent one. So it's the guy that created the character of Marshmallow. So you guys all know Marshmallow was that DJ with that bucket thing on his head. But he's huge now. He's so famous. Um, and he created that superstar. And it, like, it's just, um, it's just drama talking to the creator. Or he's like the, uh, how can I say this? Like the manager. No, he's not so much a manager. But he did create um, Marshmallow. And he was talking to drama about growing up. Uh, it's it's a good couple it's a good hour of him explaining his his life and it was it was him not knowing what to do uh, even in high school he just he didn't know what he was doing um he had no path and what he did was he googled high paying jobs and looked up what he can do and he he went to lawyer doctor um high fi like financial uh advisor or something like that and he just 
did he's like, I'm gonna do it, whatever. It's going to help with money and but every time he did that, he always went back to music. He would always listen to music. He would always check out music. And then he realized he had like that, that aha moment. And he's like, no, I don't want to work for somebody. I think I will make something for myself. And he became an entrepreneur. Um, he, so there's a quote. He says, like probably near the end, he says, what do you want in your life? Uh, do you want to work for somebody else, which is fine, or are you willing to take the risk of being an entrepreneur day in, day out? And making 40K, 50K a year is totally fine because money doesn't bring happiness, which I will I will argue in a bit. It's the little things that make you happier. Takeaway, uh, all, all of his life growing up, he didn't know what to do. He Googled the jobs, but he decided to pick music. It's it's something that you want to do. This is coming back with legacy again. It's something that you want to do. And it doesn't matter if money is an issue or not. I mean, it would be cool, <laughs> but but it shouldn't be the defining role. Like this guy is, he's saying, I, I remember him talking to drama saying he hasn't been on vacation for four years and he doesn't know if he'll ever do it because he feels the fear of, losing it all the next day. And that's what the whole entrepreneur thing is for him. But he prepares himself. He prepares every single day to be uh, ready for the next day and whatever. So, again, I think we talked about this last week, but it was the money doesn't bring happiness. It was the um, the idea of not... Uh, it, shouldn't, it shouldn't be your goal. It should just be your life, your career... Is that should just be the subset or something like that? But then you see people with Corvettes and and uh, like mansions and stuff like that. It's like the uh, physical stuff that shouldn't bring you happiness, but it looks like people could be a little happy there. <laughs> right. Um, I think that the first day that they got that Corvette was a lot happier than like their current um right i guess as a um (laughs) i heard (laughs) i think it's like dan bilzerian or whatever do you know that like he's like a like millionaire playboy guy but he talks he he does talk about uh you know like fancy car like he has every car like he could get whatever car he wants and he has bought a lot of cars and he's like at this point like a Ferrari doesn't move the needle, and that's kind of sad to me, right? Yeah, that's very um, depressing. <laughs> I think the uh, money. <laughs> I've been listening, as I mentioned last week, like a lot of Dave David Heinmeier, DHH, David Heinmeier Hansen. He talks about this, and um, of course, on the lowest end, like if your needs aren't met, then money clearly will bring make you happier uh, because. You know, now there's a difference between like not worrying about where your rent is going to come from versus picking like what luxury car I'm going to have next. Yeah, what I'm going to use today. (laughs) In that case, like money. But um, I don't. I I guess I disagree on this. Where like um, you say like a Corvette and mansion. um, I mean, I mean, yeah, it, it would be nice. I have, I, 
don't have a car. I just, <laughs> I don't have a car at all. <laughs> um, I think it would be nice to have like a nice car where I'm, I'm not like too into cars. I haven't been. So have like the difference between say like a Lexus, like a pretty nice, you know, Ooh, like normal, nice like commuter yeah. car, like the, the top end of like something you, you'll find someone like commuting in, I guess. Yeah. Um, versus I wouldn't know what to do with a Ferrari. I would, yeah. you know, so I don't, I <laughs> yeah. don't know that that would bring me like a, a ton of happiness, um, to like own this car that, um, I feel like I'd be self-conscious about driving it around. <laughs> yeah, um, <laughs> and <laughs> yeah, and I mean, you know, well, as, as far as it goes with like caring what people think, like, um, I, are you, I mean, when you see like, uh, I don't know, like a Lamborghini in the street, uh, are you super impressed by it or like, no, I just, I, mean, I see yeah. it. I totally understand. So the way I see it is I see a Ferrari. I'm like, dang, dude, it's so low. <laughs> no, it's just, a, I see it all the time and it's loud and it's like sleek. It's just, it's out of the norm of course and then i just see it i'm like nice car move on that's it that's i don't i'm not like envious i'm not dying over it but of course i'm just like dude that i wonder if if the doors are suicide (laughs) sure yeah (laughs) yeah yeah. but that's it uh i don't really go as much it's okay so here's the thing i remember when we were kids i was very envious of you guys' computers because i had an hp very old school computer Whereas you guys built your own, and I was always so curious. Like, uh, I think you had a compact, but then you actually upgraded it over time. Same with Jason, but I was envious of your guys' speed. The graphics. The graphics were the biggest thing. I really enjoyed that, but when I had mine, I was just like, I'm going to do that too. I want want to do that. I know it will bring me happiness, but... It didn't as it helped with the land parties and and that's it. <laughs> I mean, graphics are one thing which is cool and maybe it could help you like uh, see a character or an enemy a lot faster, like for Counter Strike or something. But that was just because we were all playing video games and we all, I just wanted to make it good graphics, have fun, just same old same old. It was just the it was the gizmos and gadgets that came with computers and I feel like. That shouldn't be something I should have gone for. It's just probably being better at the game itself. You know what I'm saying? Instead of getting all the stuff for it, right. like Jason got that crazy right. ass yeah, mask. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he <laughs> yeah. had, yeah, and then or you, I think you had the ball mouse, but that was for StarCraft, I think. And um, anyways, um, I'm just saying that all those gizmos and gadgets shouldn't be a factor. It should just be your craft, like. Using the op. <laughs> right, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, um, the, the best part that you find out is not that it looks better, it's that the game runs smoother. And, like, right. your... Yeah, just, like, the minute-to-minute game, like, playing it is more pleasurable. Um, yeah, and, uh, you know, I don't want to say, like, I don't... I wouldn't want more money, right? Like, uh, <laughs> yeah, dude. I, I think if it's the single goal, that's where, like, it could be dangerous. Like, you know, like, I... I yeah, I was saying like, oh, I don't care that much about like cars, but definitely like I would like to, you know, go, go to 
a really nice dinner whenever I want, right? And not yeah, worry oh, about yeah. the price. Not, uh, yep. that That's probably really nice. And um, But then on the other end, this is an example from I went uh, when I saw you in December. Um, we went, <laughs> not me and you, so <laughs> uh, Amy and I went to Sunset Cliffs <laughs> right? and watched. Um, and this makes me think like, when you see someone with like the Lamborghini, eh, this is probably a bad example. It's like, do you think they're happy in the moment? They they're probably happy actually. So they're pretty uh, they're, content, they're actually, you know, yeah. driving it around. Uh, yeah. So maybe a bad example. But um, on the other end, we were like watching the sunset, and then you could see like these silhouettes in the uh, in the water, and it's like, oh, there's people out there surfing right now, and mm-hmm. if I, if there's like a a happiness meter. I would guess those people out there surfing in the water are in that moment happier than like the guy with the Lamborghini in his garage. Um, oh yeah, but definitely, I I totally I I agree. I but feel then like, who, yeah yeah who knows but like then again we don't know like I must be really happy. <laughs> right yeah yeah it's uh I I guess and those people surfing maybe they're getting away from like chaos in their life right uh, in their like day to day. So, I, I don't know. I, I guess my point is, like, money actually isn't the factor in either of those cases. It's like, it's what happens in their day-to-day. Um, that Lamborghini guy might be super happy. Those people surfing in the sunset might be unhappy. Or the yeah. other way around. We'll never know. <laughs> you, you won't know, right. Um, but the point I think I'm trying to make is that, like, it's never like a direct you could find unhappy millionaires you can find happy millionaires um i i think equating happiness with the amount of money you have is where it could be bad definitely agree again after being able to pay the rent and nowhere nowhere you know (laughs) feed your kids know where your meals are coming the essentials yeah right right Okay, Seth, you had a book of the week, man. I, I was gonna, I was hoping it was the Buddhism thing, but uh, you got it. What, what's this oh one? yeah, we keep pushing that one. So <laughs> read that book though. Why Buddhism is true. Uh, but uh, this one is a guide to living the good life. And I know the past couple of weeks we've been talking about DHH, but this is another recommendation from him. And he talks about how um, picking up like stoicism and practicing stoic exercises has helped him in his life he is um i think a multimillionaire, and at this point doesn't have to work another day in his life but he finds joy in the day-to-day work and he still programs he doesn't have to program at all you know for, wow. like to make money like he doesn't have to program to make money and make his living but he likes doing it uh so he finds ways to keep doing it um and yeah i guess uh, so uh a Guide to the Good Life is just, uh, I, I would say, like a modern take on Stoic philosophy. And I listened to the audiobook last week and really enjoyed it. So um, nice. I'll just uh, use this excerpt from Wikipedia because I was going to try to... What is Stoicism, right? So it says... Um, or do you want to read this? Sure. Um, here we go. Uh, excerpt from Wikipedia. So Stoicism is a predominantly a, philo- uh, a philosophy of personal ethics which is informed by its systems, system of logic and its views on an 
the natural world. According to its teachings as social beings, the path to happiness for humans is found in accepting this moment as it presents itself. By not allowing ourselves to be controlled by our desire for pleasure or our fear of pain, by using our minds to understand the world around us and to do our part in nature's plan, and by working together and treating others in a fair and just manner. All right. Um, yeah, I guess. So, what I took away from, or like what I've taken away from like these books is so when you think of Stoic, uh, the, the book addresses this is like a lot of people think that means not having any feelings at all, right? Like anything mm-hmm. can happen to you and you don't have any feelings. But the book uh, talks about like, it's not that you don't have any feelings. It's just that if you have negative feelings, then you work toward um, overcoming them or like just, it, it means like not letting negative feelings affect you as much and still enjoying the positive feelings. And this goes to toward just like this idea of like happiness and the day to days. Um, if you feel like you should have more money and that makes you feel bad, uh, is that useful? Like, to a degree, it might be. Might in, be, yeah. In that it motivates you, right, to work harder and that kind of thing. But if it's to the point that you have some negative feeling that um, because something went wrong a week ago, like you don't have control over what happened a week ago anymore. So you should maybe focus on that mistake not happening again in whatever you do uh, today and tomorrow. But to like beat yourself up over what already happened that's out of your control uh a lot of this comes down to that like out of your control don't worry about it of course um it's like one of the things i remember it was about my car i think it was the tire thing or it was something that happened to my car and it was it was the civic I don't know if you remember this. I, something happened, and I was really sad about it. Oh no, no, I wasn't sad about it at all. I was just like, "Oh well, we could we could get it fixed." It was the God. I think something scratched my car, and I was like, "Oh well, what are you gonna do? You can't right. you can't fix it now." Uh, I'll get it fixed, but it's like another three hundred dollars. But the and I remember it was I think it was Cheryl or it was Welney or something. They were like, "Wow, you." You really don't care. It's not like you don't care. It's you can't just let it affect you that way. I like the story though. It says here. <laughs> oh yeah, I can, you guys talk, I can talk about the story. Yeah, please. Uh, yeah, so, I'm well, really curious. Yeah, well, one thing in this book is just uh, why even worry about like another philosophy at all. And he talks about um, why he picked Stoicism instead of like Buddhism. There's a lot of overlapping principles there, or why mm-hmm. he picks that over like anarchism or like a- any other thing where. Uh, he goes to an extreme and says, uh, if someone, their philosophy was to do everything that causes myself pain, like, you know, that's probably not a good philosophy, right? Yeah. Um, but, and then uh, against Buddhism, he doesn't, um, he, one difference he points out is like Buddhism, a lot of it is meditation and blocking out specific times to practice a philosophy, whereas he feels stoicism is more blended into your day. Uh, which is part of Buddhism also, but um, he does like the idea of this and just blending it. Anyway, he he says like you should have a philosophy because then you can, you know, you you can go back to those principles and guide your life with it. But (laughs) the story that I had here was uh, (laughs) 
there was this time, uh, high school, uh, I was with a friend, Matt, where we went to this shout out to Matt. I don't think he's listening, but, uh, we went to this <laughs> football game and then there was a dance afterward. We couldn't find a ride. And I remember like, not panic, like we didn't drive there. So we would have had to like walk to the dance or something. And I was kind of like super worried about it. And then he just said, don't worry. These things always work out. And eventually, yeah, we did. We found someone, asked them for, we were able to get a ride to the dance, probably had a good night. And I thought, oh, that's a good way of looking at things, right? So, um, oh, yeah. I think having that as part of your philosophy of like, it's going to work out can be pretty good. Uh, it can be pretty useful and always returning to that if things are going poorly. Um, and that's to say, like, we're kind of, if you, if that's proven true, you're probably privilege too so i'm it can be you can be grateful for that i i'm grateful that i could say yeah like things have usually worked out even if it has seemed like it's going poorly like like we said like taking back to like the legacy thing the story's not over right um no not at all and even if it's always this other thing of like if you could worry about it going poorly um just like uh, tying it back to what you said about um the guy in music like you might be driven by that thought that everything's gonna go away um which takes us to the next exercise uh from this book i guess i don't have an excerpt so maybe we don't have to go through this but uh one of the stoic things uh like exercises is um and dhh talks about this is and also like tim ferris like fear setting and thinking about Okay, so what if it does go wrong? Um, what if the music career ends, right? Uh, what is oh. that the end of the world? If it is, then maybe there are things outside of that to work on. Mm-hmm. And if it's not, that's good. Like you can take comfort in that, knowing, um, knowing that you you know you have a good foundation around you. Like, uh, yeah, in your case, like. If something got taken away, then you'd be okay. Yeah, right. definitely. I totally agree. Um, I love this. The hedonic, or is it hedonic treadmill? And then it was said, remember how you felt when you first got what you have right now? Like, I still remember having my uh, WRX, and it always makes me happy just thinking, like, the very first day I was, like, screaming in my car in happiness. I was just like, this is the best thing. Now, it's kind of, like, doled out. It's It's still... So my car, my daily driver, everything, I, I sit in it every day, but it's not the same. But then thinking back, I, I still laugh at that because I'm like, man, this, it was a great feeling to get this, just to get this car. And I should, I should really feel grateful for that, just knowing I was able to get something like this. But yeah, so I got I to gotta see that hedonic treadmill or whatever. Right. It's, it's this idea that like, you know, you... You're always chasing that carrot, the next thing, the next big thing. And we fool, I think this is from like why Buddhism is true. It's like we, we fool ourselves into thinking that there's like bliss once we reach that goal, whatever the goal is. Like, mm. oh, if we hit 10,000 listeners, Dude. it's going to be perfect. And it probably won't be, right? Like, then you have to worry about, or even more about like, what? <laughs> Well, what if I say something dumb? Like, people might actually be listening. So, um, yeah, I guess I'll, I'll read this excerpt. So, um, from A Guide to the Good Life. 
We humans are unhappy in large part because we are insatiable. After working hard to get what we want, we routinely lose interest in the object of our desire. Rather than feeling satisfied, we feel a bit bored, and in response to this boredom, we go on to form new, even grander desires. That's really good. Um, Dude, so I am on this quest to get a better lens, and I have all these prime lenses, and I'm just thinking, if I just get that $2,000 Canon lens, everything's going to be okay. I'm going to have the best videos, blah, 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 and I I start... thinking about it, I was like, wait a second, I I got paid with these $100 Prime lenses, and it's tripping me out. I can't believe that's something that I, if I should just keep going for, or if I should just keep researching, or researching, uh, researching about it, but it's, it's, I, it's that feeling that I need to get that, that top tier lens kind of thing. I don't know if I, if, if that's, what do you think? Is that something that's happening to me? Like, is that the hedonic treadmill? Uh, in a way, yeah, because when you <laughs> think of how happy you were when you first got your camera, not even like oh, the extra yeah. lenses, right? And what it nope. enabled you to do. And in the long run, like three years from now, looking back, uh, or let's say like five years from now, if like when you're more successful, right? Like as a videographer yeah. and you look back which of those two like purchases is actually more important? Um, probably the camera, right? Because oh, like, yeah, the body. Yeah. <laughs> it's what started the journey, all these things. So, um, yeah, it's just like maybe, I guess, like, cool. Recognize it's good that you, you recognize that that's not going to be the ultimate thing, even though it feels that way. That's the, that's the whole point of this is like, it does feel that way. Like, yeah, man. It's going to solve series? all the problems, uh, right? Yeah. Yep. Um, and yeah, that is kind of like the idea behind some of stoicism is recognizing that and just building awareness. Even if it's not stoicism, I think one of the things in the past year that I've learned is it's important that you are aware of yourself, <laughs> like why <laughs> why you're thinking certain things or why, um, yeah, just like why you are the way you are and mm-hmm. how you can affect that in good or bad ways. Man, that was really good. That was a very, that's very quotable. Um, all right, dude, <laughs> that was slammer. Right. Uh... <laughs> I, I guess like, sorry, I <laughs> thought we were done. We're not, yeah. <laughs> no, 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 just kidding. But yeah, just to add on a little bit, just like taking that camera example specifically, like, enjoying the journey so when you do get that lens um taking the time like we talk about like gratitudes just being grateful when you use it um can be good not not to say like leads to success or anything but just um like we said how you do anything is how you do everything if you could be Mm -hmm. grateful for like the small things that the lens allows you to do then you'll find gratitude in everything i guess (laughs) All because of that lens. Yeah. No, I totally understand. For sure. Um, yeah, Great. Dude, I think we slammed it, dude. Uh, yeah. All right. Before, well, yeah. before. before we end this, dude, by the way, how was your week? <laughs> right, yeah. Um, pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
did been doing this uh i think it's in the past week or past two weeks the recipe i've been doing every morning something small i'm grateful for is <laughs> making good, this coffee man. uh smoothie so i take some coffee that i've refrigerated overnight add i think it's like a quarter cup of coconut milk and protein powder and then nice. blend it up and a little bit of joy every morning keeps me energized that's um, so good dude what about you how was your week <laughs> it's good man uh I'm, I'm trying to like revert back what i was doing this whole week uh let's see i beat all the batman series oh so yeah dude i i, I videotaped the skater uh over the weekend and that was super fun um you know i was trying to do this thing with the longboard and videotape at the same time or record and film and it was the scariest thing in the world it was it was like trying to you're, you're trying to keep ma- your balance on the board at the same time trying to shoot the guy and center him in the um in the uh the camera right yeah the frame and it was very scary it's like multitasking like in, within like immediately and it's really it's really sketchy i'm props to the guys that are able to do that uh i couldn't do it so i started just running around yes <laughs> they make it look so easy it's yeah. always you know i remember seeing them around my college and then, you know just <laughs> very smooth very smooth oh yeah um, so um yeah. he I, I for some reason i i got blown up from some gym that saw that just because i put a uh, the location tag and then um there was another guy that was a dirt bike dirt bike guy that's up in lake elsinore and he wants a video it was like the more i think about it the more work i do the more networking i'm i'm getting just from not just hashtags but the locations i go to and that's cool i didn't i didn't realize this was actually working i mean it wasn't working before because i only had what one video right <laughs> but but it was just every week is a video or every other week is another video coming up and I'm grateful that Instagram or YouTube or whatever makes me get to network with these people, not just for the money or whatever. It's just to to have relationships and have uh, the idea of working with people that want what they want. It makes right. me happy to see them happy when they see the final product. Dude, like, for example, when the skaters saw the video of the rough draft, he was so blown away that he's like, dude, can I just post this now? This is... This is like the coolest thing that's on my my feed, or uh, the coolest thing on my page. I'm like, dude, I'm not even done with it yet. But uh, if you, I like, if you could wait like another day, dude, it will it will be better. And he's right. like, come on, yeah. So I was, it was cool. It was it was good. Um, but that's yeah, that's the thing. It's I'm grateful to see people happy from my work, and that's uh, that's very specific, I guess. But um, yeah. yeah. Anyways, money can't buy that. It can only buy a Lamborghini. <laughs> I can buy the L series lens, man. Jeez, right. I can't. I, I seriously want that. God. Um. But anyways, that's. And we I'm seriously glad. want you to write a review. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Check it out on <laughs> iTunes, whatever you're listening to, and we're very grateful for you, the listeners. We can't. Money can't buy you people listening to us and appreciating it and we appreciate you taking the time out of your day listening thanks a lot 
dude. Sus, good hearing from you, man. You take it easy. Guys, thank you so much. You guys have a good week. All right, Sus. Peace out. Peace out. <laughs> <laughs> See you on the flip side. <laughs>